Welcome to episode 329 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here, and as you can see in the title, Jason's with me, just not yet. The uh, bulk of this podcast is a talk between me and Jason for the final time, I guess you could say, like in capital letters, the final time, like it's like the grand ending to an era. But my guess is that I could probably get Jason to come back here, here or there. To have a few chats, but the point is, Jason has decided to step away from the podcast. Who needs Jason anyway? We've been doing this for six plus years. We made it 328 episodes here. This is, quote unquote, his final episode. I'll just leave it at that. He'll explain more here in a bit. And besides that, I've got a few things to talk about. And... We've even got a few guests here that want to chime in. So I'm going to get to that here shortly. But first, I need to let you know, even though D. Snyder said, who needs Jason? I feel like I needed Jason here for the past 328 episodes. Or else we wouldn't have made it this far. That's the way I look at it. And, you know, Jason actually asked me to throw that in there. That's not just me being a dick and throwing that in there. Side note, if you have not heard that D. Snyder episode from just a few episodes ago, check it out. It's a great one. And D. only said that because I mentioned that it was only me in this episode instead of me and Jason because the information he had said, you know, he was talking to two people. So that's where that comes from. A little backstory there behind the scenes. Who needs Jason anyway? But first, before I get into all this, I need to let you know who sponsors this podcast We'll start this thing off with DEB Concerts. Rocklahoma is right around the corner, literally. Next week, Rocklahoma is next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Labor Day weekend in Pryor, Oklahoma. And I mentioned Rocklahoma because DEB Concerts promotes and puts on and books the Roadhouse stage of Rocklahoma. They've been doing that the last few years. They've got a great setup, and this year it's even going to be bigger and better. They've got a new stage you can see on their Facebook page at DEB Concerts. Follow them on there. Like them. Twitter, DEB Concerts as well. Instagram as well. DEBConcerts.com is their website where you can see ticket info on everything upcoming. But Rocklahoma, I mentioned that as they they put together the Roadhouse stage this year. It features Stephen Piercy of Rat headlining the opening pre-party night, Thursday night. We've also got Puddle of Mud. And John Five out there. A lot of other great acts like Liliac, Severmind, 90 Pound Wrench, Fist of Rage, Chaotic Resemblance. A ton of great bands. You can see it all at rocklahoma.com and debconcerts.com. DB Concerts keeps bringing in great acts to the Tulsa area as well. And we'll have more news on some upcoming shows soon. And on top of all that, Doug Burgess is going to be joining me next week, right before Rocklahoma in my episode that we put out that week to get you prepared for what's coming this year at Rocklahoma. But a huge thank you to DB Concerts as always. We've also got Hell Hot Hot Sauce, a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. They do a lot of collaborations with some metal artists. Florida Frank of Hatebreed has a sauce called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. Ghoul has a sauce called Brain Jerk. Techno Destructo has a sauce called Garlic Death Grip. There's a sauce coming soon from Zetra of Exodus and Death Angel as well. You can see all their sauces 
at hellhothotsauce.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at hellhothotsauce. If you're on the West Coast, there are a lot of stores out there. But if you're anywhere else, get on hellhothotsauce.com. Order you some of those bottles. Try them out. They're all super hot, but they're all super flavorful, which is what you want and hope for from your sauce. So check them out and tell them you heard about them here. You've also got Sunset Tattoo, tattoo shop located in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're in the Midtown area. Their tattoos are done good and proper. Jake's been doing tattoos for over 25 years. Great place to get work done. Jake is a great guy, and he does great work. You can see it all on Facebook and Instagram at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. There's tons of pictures on there to see all the work. I've personally had work done by Jake. I'm very happy with it. I know several other people that have as well. So give him a call or shoot him a message to set up a time to talk to him about what work you want to have done and get over there to Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. Finally, we've got Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can see their entire selection at leafly.com. Once you find what you want in that selection, call them ahead or email or text ahead. They'll have your order ready and you can go right through the drive-thru. Pretty convenient for a dispensary. They've also are always running specials, so if you follow them on Facebook or Instagram, MedFarm on Facebook, that's P-H-A-R-M, MedFarm OK on Instagram, and their website is MedFarmOK.com. But a special that is ongoing all the time is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. And then on top of all that, 30% of their proceeds, nearly a third of everything they make, is going to build no-kill animal shelters. This is not a promotion they're doing. This is since the day they opened their doors all the time. So that's the number one, one of the number one reasons you need to get over there, besides the fact that they're great people and they're Oklahoma-owned. Check out MedFarm and tell them you heard about them here. All right. So we got to jump into this because we've got... A long one and some stuff to talk about. But first off, I want to talk about Eric Wagner of Trouble. We lost another great musician here recently. We talked about a few in the past few weeks that we've lost. Eric Wagner was the main man, the voice behind The Skull, and most famously, Trouble. If you're not familiar with Trouble and you like heavy metal, if you like stoner metal, you like groove metal, you like doom metal... You absolutely need to check out the back catalog of Trouble. From the mid-80s to the mid-90s, this was probably the premier doom metal band. Along with Wino and The Obsessed, I mean, these guys are kind of the forefathers of doom metal. And then The Skull has been around now for the last probably 10 years or so, I think. They've got a few albums out that are great. If you're a Trouble fan, if you're not a Trouble fan, I mean, you should know that the name The Skull came from the name of one of Trouble's albums. Great music. It's another sad loss. They were recent. They're on tour, actually, when he passed away. You always say when someone passed away, I wish I would have seen them, wished I could have went to that and all that. I, thankfully, I got to finally see <clears throat> The Skull the year before last, whenever they were opening for Corrosion and Conformity. I saw him here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I hope you got to see Eric Wagner live at some point in your life. If you're not familiar with The Skull or Trouble, Dig through it. I promise you, if you like your stuff heavy and doomy and stonery, you're going to dig what you hear. All right, the subject at hand. Jason Wood has decided to step away from Thunder Underground. With that being said, I've got a few things to say here. But first off, I've got 
some other people that want to say something. So, check this out. Hey Jason, this is JP from Egotastic Fun Time, and I wanted to wish you the absolute best on your path to heavy metal dreams and hard rock wishes. One thing I always admired about your love of music is that you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk, my man. You've kept the spirit of metal alive in everything you do. So here's to you, J-Dubs. When I see lightning, I know Thunder Underground is coming, and you, my friend, are the ultimate rainbow in the dark. There you go, that was JP of Egotastic Fun Time. I decided to kick this thing off with him because he's known Jason longest, longest, excuse me, he's known Jason longer than anybody that's about to speak, and he's known him longer than I have because that's family to Jason, that's Jason's cousin. JP hosts Egotastic Fun Time, it's a phenomenal YouTube channel. They focus mainly on the show The Orville, but... It is pop culture centric, and he focuses on movies, and he even does interviews on there and everything, and he is a phenomenal talent at what he does. The man is a great speaker, a great entertainer, and funny as hell. Very glad to have him on here to speak to Jason real quick, and on top of that, let you know that Justin's been on here more than once. He was on, He was one of our very first guests we ever had, like on episode five or six. We sat down at his place and just talked about Metallica for an episode. And then JP was back on here whenever Night Demon was on here for the third time, I believe it was. Last time they came from Tulsa, I was actually out of town working at a festival. So JP went with Jason to talk to Night Demon. And that's a good, tran a good transition. Speaking of Night Demon. Hey, Jason. Armand from Night Demon here. Hey man, just heard that you're uh, stepping away from the podcast there with Trent, and uh, I'm sad to hear that, but I hope that you're on to bigger and better things, and just wanted to say that I uh, appreciate being on the show with you guys, and hope to see you again sometime soon, and good luck in whatever's next in the world, whether it be metal or not. Hopefully it is metal, because what else is left in life but metal? All right, man, take care. Cheers. There you go, Armand of Night Demon. Very cool. Thankful to him for taking some time out there to shoot that over to us. Man, Night Demon, phenomenal band. And I know that as much as I love him, I think Jason might love him even a little bit more. Very glad to have a member of that band on here talking to us. We're talking to Jason on this episode, and Night Demon has been on here multiple times. Just dig back through there and find those episodes. Man, we had him on. We've always had him on as a full band, too, which I think is really cool. Because most touring bands, it's hard to get a full band once, let alone multiple times. And we've done that with them, and I guarantee you next time they're in the area, I'm going to have them back on here again. Check out Night Demon's music if you're not familiar with them. Great stuff. It's anywhere music can be heard, and if you love metal and you don't like Night Demon, you've got issues. All right, kind of rolling right along here. One of the people that we talk about here in our talk coming up is Steve Ray. Steve Ray is the vocalist for Pitbulls on Crack back in the back in the day, as as we like to say now, because we're old, I guess. 
and we talk about that here in the episode, so I'm not going to really, I don't need to get into that about our first interview with Steve was pretty early on in the, you know, the first year of this podcast. I think it was in the teens and we were both huge fans of Pitbulls on Crack and then Oklahoma Hombres that he started later on in more recent years. He also had Doomsday Junkie. Steve's a fixture in the rock Tulsa scene. I know Jason loves him the same way I do, so let's hear what Steve has to say. Hey, Jason, it's Steve Ray from Pitbulls on Crack and Okla Hombres. I just want to wish you good luck in your future endeavors going forward. Uh, and also to tell you that we really appreciate everything you've done for the Tulsa music scene. I think you've left it in a better place than what you found it. And so good luck, buddy. And we'll see you out at a show hopefully soon. There you go, Steve Ray, formerly of Pitbulls on Crack and Oklahoma Braves. I hate saying formally. I hope, Steve, you need to get out there and do something. We need your voice out here in our rock scene. Steve actually hosted our Thunder Underground Fest that we did in 2018, which was very cool. Tons of great stuff from Steve. He's been on here now three times as well, so got to have him back here at some point soon because it's been a bit. But a huge thank you to Steve for sending that over. All right, another person that we've got to know really well since this podcast started is Sprout the Antihero. And Sprout was a guy that both Jason and I knew who he was well before we started this podcast because we saw King Shifter live in the campgrounds at Rocklahoma one year. I can't remember the exact year. And we were just like, what the fuck is this? You know, this is amazing. How did we not know about this band? And then saw him a couple times after that. And then we got Sprout on here pretty early. You know, he's from Wichita area. And he had actually moved to Tulsa right around this time that the podcast first started. And he was in the teens as well, I believe, 18, 19, maybe 16. I should have looked these numbers up, right? But when he first joined us, we did not know him other than, you know, saying hey at a show or something. So we sat down and talked to him. And since that point, we became good friends with this guy. And I've been able to go out on two tours with him that he did with Dusty Grant. In 2018 and 2019, hopefully there's another one in 2022, Sprout. Let's let's hope for the best. And since King Shifter, he started Screaming Red Mutiny. We had that entire band on. That, I believe, was episode 50. That's a special one. Check that out because it's got John Halata on it. Unfortunately, that's the only time John was on our podcast before he passed away. We'd always meant to get him on here by himself to talk about his journey through music. But I'm just thankful we got to know him and see some of his shows. And then since then, Sprout has also started doing some great solo music. And the Green Country Irate debuted earlier this year. That features him and Mike Starkey, formerly of Scream Red Mutiny. And also features Mike and Joe from Machine in the Mountain. Another great band. So I need to quit rambling and let's just hear about hear what Sprout has to say. Hey, what's up? Uh, it's about the anti-hero here. Man, what can I say about Jason and Thunder Underground? What makes Jason so special as far as being one half of Thunder Underground for so long is that he always came from a place uh, 
and Trent does too. But Jason specifically comes from a place where he is like a fan of music. He's a fan of his favorite bands, his favorite sounds. And that's how you guys kind of talked about things over time. <clears throat> and Jason just has a sense of humor where he, he's very much the observer. And I really appreciate that stance uh, in Thunder Underground. Uh, very funny guy. And if anybody ever gets a chance to meet him, or if you don't already know him, you already know how awesome he is and how much of a fan of music he really is. And he really brought uh, a sense of authenticity to um, Thunder Underground. So, man, and I've been on this show a few times and sat down with the guys. Jason was always a joy to sit with. And hopefully I can continue to sit down with Trent as he carries this on and have a good time with him. So, (laughs) you know, man. Thank you, Jason, for all your hard work on Thunder Underground. Uh, I'm a regular listener. Uh, thank you for putting out that, being a part of this content that we love so much. And uh, thank you for being a, a positive part of uh, not only the Tulsa music scene, but hell, the online community as well, because not just people from Tulsa listen to Thunder Underground. So, um, man, Jason, thank you for all your hard work and much love. Thunder Underground, y'all. There you go. Huge thank you to Sprout for sending that over. I know I mentioned this anytime that we've had Sprout on or talk about him, but as you heard right there at the end of his his voice clip right there, he said, Thunder Underground, y'all. And if you've listened to our podcast more than once to the end, you know that that's how every one of our podcasts end. And I just pointed out because that is Sprout. And he actually said that in that episode that I mentioned a bit ago, episode 50 with Screaming Red Mutiny. So we just made that the ending because we thought it was cool. So thanks to Sprout for that, for being a part of every single Thunder Underground episode. He's been on this podcast multiple times. I, I think four now. Besides those two times, he's been on there a couple other times by himself. So very cool. And I guarantee you, he'll be back on this podcast. All right. I've got one to go. And this is another guy that we met basically by doing this podcast as well. And it's another band similar to King Shifter in the fact that we saw this band live at Rocklahoma a few times, maybe a couple times, two or three times in the years before we started the podcast. Once we started this podcast and got a little bit into it, we had Scattered Hamlet on this podcast. And then since then, we've had Scattered Hamlet back a second time. We've had Adam Jode on by himself. We've had Adam Jode on with Dell Diver of Grind, and there might be another time I'm forgetting, but Scattered Hamlet is a sight to behold live, and they're a band that more people need to know about. You know, they've made a name for themselves in the rock community in the last several years. They've been playing some big festivals. Cough, cough, Rocklahoma, you need to book these guys. I'm not sure why they never do, but anyway, great live show. Great music. They put out a great EP last year, and they're supposed to have new music coming soon. I believe Adam has said that recently. So let's just see what Adam has to say. Hey, Jason, what's up? This is Adam from Scattered Hamlet. I got contacted by your partner in crime, and I got the message that you were going to be stepping away from Thunder Underground for a little bit. 
And uh, I was disappointed in the news, but I definitely wanted to thank you for your work, your support, and, uh, you know, for all the love that you've shown Scattered Hamlet over the years. And I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Get some. There you go. Adam Jode of Scattered Hamlet. He is a man of many words, and he is a man that I can listen to talk all night long. You can do that by going to his YouTube, by Scattered Hamlet's YouTube channel. He's got a a YouTube show that he does on occasion that is great stuff. This guy is, what's the right word? Comedy to its max? I don't know if comedy is the right word. I mean, he's just, I, I look at it more like George Carlin. And I assume that Adam Jode would appreciate me saying that, where he's not just saying shit to be funny. He's saying stuff that is very true. And sometimes it's stuff people don't want to hear. But it also comes across very funny. So that's that's as good as it gets right there. But anyway, I appreciate Adam sending that over to me. I'm sure Jason does as well. But now that I've got some uh you know some special guests here out of the way, I just want to say a few things is that we kinda you know, we talk about a lot of stuff here coming up, so there's a lot of stuff I don't need to mention, but one of the things we don't talk about is you know, I kinda wrote down a few things that we didn't mention in our talk here, which was, or did we talk about, I think, yeah, we talked about Thunder Underground Fest. <laughs> I was, for some reason, I wrote that down, but I'm pretty sure we talked about it. But that also saw the return of Zen Hipster, which I kind of joked about. And then Jason just ran with it and got a hold of Josh and Eric and Eric and everybody and made it happen, which I thought was great. So happy to be able to see Zen Hipster again. And after that, they played the Shrine again, and then they played Rocklahoma in 2019. So it was a very cool, very cool thing there for, you know, me as a Zen Hipster fan, and I'm sure Jason is being able to revisit that stuff. Something else that we didn't mention was the Every Album in a Row series that we started several years ago, where we would basically just take an artist that has several albums and talk about them in their entirety you know, well, their discography in its entirety. We would both listen to it in order and then jot down notes and talk about how the albums progressed and how the band changed over time and how they flowed together and the ups and downs and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to point that out because this is something that Jason came up with years ago. He said, I'm just, he said, I'm listening to every Metallica album in a row. He's like, that's my favorite, you know, that's his favorite band. He's like, I haven't listened to every album in a row since I, I was young, and now there's more albums. And so as he did that, I said, well, what if I did that? And we talked about it. He's like, hell yeah, let's do it. So we've done that for Metallica, Megadeth, so many bands that we talked about doing it with. We did it with Guns N' Roses, Pantera, Van Halen, Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Kiss. You know, we've had one with Jason Carroll. We were going to do Iron Maiden. Travis Travis Davis, we're going to do ACDC. We had always talked about doing Def Leppard and Black Sabbath. And we even mentioned Faith No More and Ugly Kid Joe and Anthrax. So these are ones that, you know, I could still do, I guess. But I'm just letting you know that might not happen anymore. Who knows? Another thing is the every year at the end of the year, we've done, you know, the best of that year episode where we go through our countdown of the top albums of that year. So actually, so this year coming up for 2021, this will be the first time I've, I did that by myself, which 
might get kind of boring, I think, but I doubt I can talk Jason into coming back to that because I know in the last couple of years, he kind of got annoyed with the fact that there were too many choices. And I'm saying that out loud because he said that himself on the podcast, so it's not... He had mentioned that, you know, he thought it got kind of watered down when you get up into 20. You know, I'm one of those guys that's like, oh, it's 2021. Let's have 21 choices. I think that's awesome. You can throw more stuff in. But he does have a good point. When it's a top 10, you're getting the cream of the crop in there. You know, so since we started, you know, doing this in 2015 was the first year that we did the podcast. And the, you know, two or three years before that, we actually did it on Facebook and just posted what our top albums of that year were. But 2016 we started doing it so we did the top 16 and every year of course it progressed and the last year was a top 20 of 2020 so who knows if i'll do 2021 or if this year i will drop it down to 10 or 11 and ode to jason and then jump back up there next year i don't know we'll see but that one that one was always kind of fun to me because you know end of the year you're looking back on it talking about tons of great music so i'll miss doing those with jason Another thing I wanted to mention was something that has never been mentioned. Well, maybe we mentioned it. I'm not entirely positive if we did or not, but it never happened. Was a thing called TU Radio that Jason came up with probably a year, year and a half ago, maybe. I'm not sure. And he, you know, we actually had mentioned it before that, but we really kind of focused on the idea about a year ago. He had mentioned, why don't we do some episodes like, I think he got the inspiration from Metal Up Your Podcast who both co-hosts from that have been on this podcast as well, where whenever they couldn't do an episode that week or they both weren't available, one of them would just do a, like a radio episode where they would play several songs and you know just talk about them, just like a normal radio show or something. And we thought about doing it, and we thought about theming it, and we were going to do like, you know, songs by bands that like, Bands that made it to a point to where they had singles, and obviously we, the two of us knew who they were, but never exploded, and we just wanted to throw these guys some love, and we actually mapped out like three full episodes, like I think from the late 80s to the early 2000s, and you know, just like everything else, especially once the pandemic hit and we started getting so many interviews, and or we were so backed up on interviews, we got to a point to where it was never a focus because... We didn't need extra episodes. and But anyway, I always thought it was a great idea, so I just wanted to give Jason a shout-out on that. And maybe, hey, maybe that's another thing. He's going to hate that I keep saying this. Maybe that's another thing I could get him to come back for at some point. But regardless, if it happens someday, you'll know where that idea came from. All right, it's probably time that I stop rambling because Jason and I need to ramble. So with all that being said, here's Jason Wood and myself talking about a few songs that came out recently and then talking about his time on the podcast. Up, we got to talk about like three or four songs that yeah we've let slip here right right are not current yes to anyone listening anymore but, but we in, need no nah, I get it yeah. we totally need to and the off chance people don't know right there's a new Guns N' Roses song and a new Iron Maiden song yes that's pretty oh, significant yeah. for pretty significant for our world at least 
So first, let's start with Iron Maiden because it has been out the longest. That's been probably a month ago now yeah. at this point. Writing on the wall. Instant reaction to you when you first heard it. I mean, you know you've heard it probably many times now. Yes. I, I mean, I loved it from the get-go. Right. I liked that it was a little more, I don't want to say bluesy, but it had a little more of that kind of epic, kind of grand. Well, I mean, all Iron Man's songs have that grand kind of feel, but that like it's telling a story and it's building to that. Mm-hmm. It's not just straight out the gate. You know, here's some galloping heavy metal. You know. Well, and that's... <clears throat> I, I get what you're saying because usually when Iron Maiden has a, a, a lead off single, it's it's the shorter, you know, punchier, hard rock, faster, you know, get you amped up style. Right. Like, you know, El Dorado or Wildest Dreams or, you know, uh, Brave New World or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, but this one they went they went a little bit more, a little more epic. And I thought that was cool. I, I, I'm like you. I liked it straight away. I mean, you know, that's the three that's the three worlds that that band lives in, I think, is songs like that that are kind of hard rock, maybe a little bluesy, you know. And then there's just the straight up, you know, rock and heavy metal songs like Can I Play With Madness or Brave New World or whatever. And then there's the more epic, proggy 11-minute shit, Yeah, you know. And so, this was just one of those worlds, and it was uh, it was cool, man. I mean, I, I don't know. It's Iron Maiden. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got. It sounds like Iron Maiden. I mean, it, they're not they're not letting us down. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, I, I. It's 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 cool, um, and I think it's cool to have kind of a bluesier, rootsier thing to lead off. But at the same time, it's epic, too. So I don't know. Maybe it's more... I don't know. Maybe it's a kind of a mix of a couple of their worlds. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it seems, like you said, with lead-off songs, usually it's a little more up-tempo. Like, this one has its up-tempo, but it takes a while to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like the video a lot, too. I'm usually... I mean, we were kind of talking with Jason Carroll about this. I'm usually hit or miss with animation. Right. In videos. And usually more miss. Like, I just... Not right. that I dislike it. I just don't pay attention to it. Yeah. But this one, they did a great job. It really captured it. And I really was, like, into the story. Just like it was a little movie, you know? And let's be honest. <laughs> Iron Maiden hasn't been the best with their animated videos. <laughs> like, it's... You know, it's 2015. And they've got animated videos of, like, you know, 2002 computer graphics. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck, guys? You gotta... You gotta update this shit a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad they came out, they, they, they came out, you know, they came correct for this one. I'm really glad. Yeah. And that album comes out in September sometime, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the exact date, but that's definitely going to be one that, if we can get them back on the top five of the Billboard charts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely have it. Yeah. Well, another one that just came out, well, at this point, it's been another week and a half probably but Guns N' Roses released their first studio track in many many years but right. the first studio track with Axel Slash and Duff all on it mm-hmm. since depending on who you talk to since either Spaghetti Incident or Sympathy for the Devil right right supposedly Slash thought he was on Sympathy for the Devil but Axel replaced him yeah so neither here nor there either 93 or 94 was the last time those three guys were playing on a track, a Guns N' Roses track. Mm-hmm. 
And even for just regular Guns N' Roses, I mean, what, the last thing that even came out was that Axel doing that Looney Tunes song. Right. Like two or three years ago. And then before that, it was Chinese Democracy was 12 years ago now. Yeah. So just surprise release. There was some rumors about it that day. They had been playing the song in the live setting since they started touring again about a week before that. And it's a track that they played live back 15, 20 years ago because it was one of those... It was one of the Chinese Democracy era tracks that didn't make the album. Okay. But there's like a full album worth of those called Silkworms. Now it's called Absurd. And I've already seen people bitching, this isn't new because I'm like, it's new because that never got released. Yeah. A song could be, you know, what's a great example? Wagon Wheel, right? Right, right. They took a song that was a shell of a song and turned it into something else. Yeah. Yep. 40 years later, however long it was. Yeah, exactly. And here's something 15, 18 years later. Bands do that all the time. They've yeah. got certain riffs that they're kicking around forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. So they took the core of that song, changed some words, and then obviously Slash put his stamp on it. Right, right. That's the thing about the song to me that stands out the most. I mean, Slash, anytime he releases music, it sounds like Slash and it's great, you know, just because I'm a fanboy. But this definitely sounds like Guns N' Roses music because of him. Because the vocals don't scream Guns N' Roses to the average listener, I guess. Right. Like I mentioned to you the first time I heard it, I thought of Down on the Farm. Right, Their right. cover of that from the Spaghetti Incident. Yeah. Like he was singing kind of in that style. He has some screams here or there. There's a lot of effects on his voice, which I know is another thing I've seen people bitching about. But it's like, at this point, I think being them being my favorite band, I'm just happier that there's a song, whether I think it's as great as Night Train or not. I totally doesn't that. matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's your band, so you're digging this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my other thing was, like I kind of mentioned to you as well, I think if the band hadn't kind of splintered off to where it was just Axel and Dizzy left and Slash and Duff and everybody was still there and they released this song like in the mid to late 90s, 96 to 98. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been another big hit. Yeah. Because that would have been the perfect time time era for this song that sounds like this, but still sounds reminiscent of Guns N' Roses, too. Right, right. I mean, you mentioned that. You thought it it, it sounded like Guns N' Roses. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think so. And, and uh, you know, that, that main riff, uh, that definitely sounded like, it sounded like Slash, Duff, Duff, and Axel, you know? And it sounded like a Guns N' Roses song. And, and, I, and I told you, it sounds like something that could have been on Spaghetti Incident, even though it's not a cover. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if, I think maybe it's because of the attitude. Yeah. And just, you know, kind of the, the, the quickness of that main riff there. Um, and then, and also, that's probably the album I enjoy most from Guns N' Roses, in a weird way. Um, probably because it's the only one that's not shoved down everybody's throats 24-7. Right. But, um... I, I ended up liking the song a lot more than I thought. Um, I, I'm glad Axel sang like that. To me, live, he's always, you know, lately been like hit or miss. And yeah, I dug it. That's yeah, that's my take on it. I mean, you know, Slash is all over it, the solos. So I mean, yeah, I I'm kind of surprised by it in a way. Yeah, and it's only like three minutes and twenty seconds mm-hmm. long, which. Is another kind of harkens back to Spaghetti Incident. Right. The majority of those songs were short because they were covers of punk songs. And outside of that, Guns N' Roses, 
outside of what Shotgun Blues and Garden of Eden and yesterday. Yeah, it's like everything else is at least five minutes or more. No you know? shit, no so shit. That's kind of sh- cool. Get in and get out, like you always talk about. Yesterday's is the best Guns N' Roses song ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> Usual Illusion Two, we're coming up shortly. But by the time this airs, it might be coming up on the thirtieth anniversary. Exactly of Usual Illusion One and Two. Yeah, and then shortly after that. The Black Album, right? Right, right. Which, speaking of, there's oh. my transition. Jeez. We're not going to get into all that because it's not even out. I, I There's all even. this. I want to specifically talk about two songs. Well, I, I I haven't heard anything, so. You didn't even listen to the one? I haven't even listened to. To Volby? I didn't listen to Volby. Oh. I didn't listen to Weezer. Well, then, I, I just, I, I, dude, I absolutely, and we can talk about this. Well, yeah, talk about it because you mentioned it to me. I, I, I. I don't know. For some fucking reason, I was so excited about the 30th anniversary release box set of the Black Album. You know, and then, I don't know, once they announced it, I was just like, I don't know, I don't want to say underwhelmed, because it looks like an amazing uh, package uh, with so many bells and whistles, but I'm just like, I, I don't know, it just seems like too much. Like, too, uh, I, I don't I've got know. a theory on that. And, and then there's that fucking, the, the the record where, like, you got eight different people covering the same song, and they throw them all on there, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I, I mean, just, and, you know, 90% of these motherfuckers I never heard of, and I don't care, and I'm just, you know, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And, and so I just, I, I look at it like, oh, man, like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm a big guy. I love food. I look at it like this gigantic fucking pizza that looks amazing, but it's just like so much. It's like, man, maybe I'll just wait. Right. I don't know. Just give me a Twinkie over there. I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's even a good way to explain it, but that's that's where I am with all that shit right now. And not to mention, uh, the goddamn thing's like $300, and I'm just, I don't know, man. I don't know. So that's that's where I stand on that. Well, Still, you, my favorite band. I love them. I'm more excited about the the vinyl club and all the shit you get there. Yeah, and you know, like the next one's the Chris Cornell tribute. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know. I, I'm my theory me. is I bet it's the two tracks they did at the tribute, uh, mm-hmm. all your lies and head injury. But if it is, that's great. But I kind of hope. Maybe we'll get lucky and they throw in a studio version or something because they've had time to do it. Right, right, right. Yeah. We'll see. On the email, all they show is a little thumbnail of the cover. Yes, yeah, I, I saw they, that. They don't tell us what's in it, so we don't know until we get it. Yeah. So. But I did get the email that it shipped. Like yeah, you did, me so. too. It's on its way. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yes. Well, my theory on the... Because we, we spoke about this, <clears throat> I think, back when the, the Justice reissue uh, remaster set came out. That how are they going to do the Black Album? This is like the album... That everybody knows does not need to be remastered. Yeah. It's like yeah. everybody still says it's sonically one of the greatest right. rock albums ever recorded. Thanks to Bob Rock's genius in there. So my theory is that that's why there's so much shit going on here. Because this release doesn't need to happen for any other reason than it's an anniversary. Right. So it's yeah. like, it's the 30th anniversary of our... I'm a Metallica fan too. I'm saying the biggest album commercially. Not, yes. Not their best album. but Right, right. This is their biggest album, hands down, no question, to the mainstream yeah. audience. Everybody's yeah. three favorite Metallica songs are on that album. Yeah, exactly. Know, to the mainstream no, audience. Nothing, 
Nothing happens for this band without that record. Yeah. If they're they're Megadeth, if this album yes, didn't happen, exactly, which is still commendable and awesome. Megadeth's amazing and has a successful career, but they're just a big metal band, yeah. not a massive worldwide right. mega band from any genre. Right. But so so to cover up for the fact that we don't need this, like here's an all new press recording. It's like this is our biggest album. Let's just go bonkers on this shit because mm-hmm. it may be the last one. Who knows if they do this with Load? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, true. So I then let's bring in all these people in. And I know a lot of metal things are like, why the fuck Miley Cyrus and all these people on there? I'm like, because this is the album that the mainstream loves. Yeah. And so now you're getting everybody. That's just smart marketing, too. Yeah, it is. You get people You get people from all genres covering these songs. So then this is going to be a talking point in the media for the next several months. Yeah. Like, oh, did you hear so-and-so cover of Wolf and Man? And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? The Metallica song covered by some country singer? I don't yeah. know if there's a country singer on there. Right? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, isn't yeah, exactly. Jason Isbell on there? Yeah, the I think so. Yeah. You know, so there's stuff on there that really, like, uh, Rodrigo E. Gabriel. Yes. Like, I'm excited to hear that. Yeah, definitely. But the only two songs I've heard, I, I wanted to mention them here because I thought you listened to Volbeat, but when this Volbeat covers uh, Don't Tread on Me, and when this song starts, I was kind of like, like, they did it faster. Basically the whole song, but mm-hmm. it opens like instead of dun 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 dun, it's like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. And at first I was kind of thrown off. In the first 20, 30 seconds, I was like, eh, even though I freaking love Volbeat. But then as soon as he starts singing the verses and goes into it, it's it totally becomes a Volbeat song. Yeah, like if this song didn't exist by Metallica, you would think, well, here's another cool Volbeat song, right? And it has. But they definitely throw odes to Metallica. He's every once in a while, he, you can tell in his voice he's doing the Hetfield thing, right? But he still sounds exactly like him. Yeah. So it's very much akin to what we talked about with Seven Dust and the day I tried to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make yeah. the song your own, but you also still keep true to the original somehow, right? You balance that line. Yeah, and they did it perfectly. I'll, I'll so, I mean, I'll hear it I'll yeah. eventually. And the other was Weezer. Which is funny when you hear the word Weezer and Inner Sandman. <laughs> you're like, well, that's going to be goofy. But for those of you that don't know, Weezer, Weezer released, uh, I can't remember what color it was. You know, every one of their albums has a color title. Right. Two or three years ago, they released an album. It was a covers album. It's the one that had Africa on it. You know that one? Gotcha. That yeah, went yeah. viral after that girl begged him to cover Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, every song on that album barring maybe one they do exact like they're one of those bands that they cover songs as closely to the original as they can I'm trying to remember there was a heavy song on there maybe it was an Aussie song but even that it was just heavy didn't mm-hmm. so like when I heard Inner Sandman if someone had played that for me and said guess who's covering this I don't think most the majority of people would never guess we really that's yeah. great so you hear it sounds like just a metal band covering in the same way. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's when you're really listening and you know it's him, you can tell it's Rivers singing. Mm-hmm. But if someone didn't tell you that, you'd have to just be a Weezer fan and all of a sudden him, oh shit, that's what Rivers come on. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, well, so that's kind of, I mean, I know that's another thing. It's like, we like covers that are unique. Yeah. Or covers that say something, not just, you know, here's an exact replica, but... Yeah. When it's a band like that, I always think it's cool when it's an exact... When they do, yeah. You it's it's kind of out of their norm. Yeah. You know? 
Uh, and and another thing too is, and I could totally be wrong about this. Um, you know, correct me, somebody, you, somebody out there, whatever. But you know, they're like, oh, you know, they've been trickling out all these little releases. Oh, they've released a demo of you know wherever I'm or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, I had so many CD singles back then because they had the B sides had the demo of this or the demo of that or whatever. Yeah, and I'm just like I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just so. It just seems like I don't know. I've been there, and done that with this record. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it's as much as you love Metallica, which is why I feel like this is weird. I have this <laughs> attitude towards this box set. What the fuck is my problem? Well, it's the fifth box set you now in the last few years. Right, right. <laughs> so at a point, you're just kind of like, eh, there's another one. Yeah, yeah. And plus, it's kind of like, even though you're a huge fan and you like a lot of stuff that a lot of people have checked out on, your core level Metallica still rests in those first four albums, right? Yes, yes. So once you get to the Black Album and Beyond, it's kind of like, all right, that's cool. I, I, least, don't, you know, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, but no, I kind of think Well, that's, see, we don't need to get into this huge, because we could go on yeah. for days. But I kind of look at the four albums... And then I look at the Black Album in its own space, and then I look at the rest. Right. I look from Load On, and then from Justice Back. Right. And I think the Black Album lives in its own fucking area. Right. You know, and I don't even know if that's good or bad. Like but its that's own how, stratosphere. Yeah, that's how I look <laughs> at it in a way. So, there you go. Yeah. So, you're saying, are you checked out enough that when this is released, you're not going to, like, check out all the covers or check out the unreleased stuff? Oh. Even if you don't get it? Check it out on Spotify. Right? Oh, you yeah, know, I'm definitely gonna check okay. out the covers and stuff. Yeah, and and probably and whatever unreleased stuff is seems enticing to me. Okay, but I just don't. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who covers the last few tracks because those are the mm-hmm. you know the right yeah. and which the list is out there, but I'm not gonna look it up. <laughs> yeah, like the struggle within and the guy that fell and right. my friend of misery. Those are the ones I'm interested to hear. Mm-hmm. Covers own stuff. Isn't, isn't Jason Isbell one of the ones that does, like, My Friend of Misery, The God That Failed or something? Really? I can't remember. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. So, anyways. Yep. All right, so is there any other new songs or anything you want to talk about before we ship this thing? I don't think so. Okay. I think we're good. Yeah. I know there's been other new stuff that's been out, but nothing. Right. I guess. So significant that. Stuff's been announced. New Tesla songs coming. Hopefully it's not produced by Phil Collins. No, no. <laughs> Frank Hannon wasn't at their gig last night. They had some other, somebody else step in. Yeah. They didn't say why. I wonder what's up with that. Already had COVID. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, see, Blabbermouth or who? Oh, no, what was it? They didn't know. Anyways, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay. Go ahead. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> we get off on tangents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much get that new D. Snyder album if you haven't checked it That's out. That's great. It's a banger, yep. as Josta would say. Yes, yes. Yeah. But so the reason we're here is because you decided to, to step away mm-hmm. from this here podcast. Yes. To start your own podcast about almonds no. and melon ballers. No. Oh, no. No, no, no. I know you only like one of those things. Right, right, right. So first off, I wanted to apologize for never making the Thunder Underground melon baller. Well, that's okay. Sometimes, sometimes things get, they slip through the cracks. True. Maybe I can still make it and then give it to you for Christmas. Okay, I'm I'm down with that. I'm down. With okay. That. <laughs> Anything you want to say? Like any? You don't have to say a reason. I mean, I know your reasons. No, 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 no. Just, I mean, I'll go into it to an extent that I think 
I don't know. Matters? Does it matter? I don't know. This is weird. Um, but no, yes, I have decided to uh, say farewell to the podcast. Um, and I think it's because you know, there's no way to uh, there's no way to put this without sounding shitty. I don't feel. Um, and we've talked about this. This is something that this is something that we've you know me and you've known about for a week or so, whatever. Yeah. And so, anyways, you know, but it's just it just really comes down to the fact that like I feel I feel like for me I feel like it's been it's been done and I've kind of just said everything I can say and I, I don't I, I guess it sounds bad but I guess you know my heart's not in it anymore I don't know right and and, and that's absolutely no like diss or dig at anything or anybody. But I just, I just feel like I, I don't know what to say anymore, and I don't have any ideas, and I don't have any, and, and that's just kind of where it is. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I'm in a different place. You know that that's kind of, it's kind of what it is. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, we we get, we get a really cool interview, somebody that we've liked since we were kids, and sometimes I still don't really have anything to say or I, I just can't think of anything. I, I just think it's, uh, for me, I don't know. My, my, my brain has creatively run its course. I think, I think we've all gone through that getting burnt out at points or another, yeah. you know, and we've talked about that. So I think, you know, that's where, Oh, that's, that's kind of part of it for me. I mean, I have, uh, I'm trying to do some different things, you know, with uh, my life, I guess I've quit drinking. Um, you know, there's other health things that I want to start improving on, uh, but this one is like, you know, the biggest one. And not that this, not that that led me to make this decision, because this has been brewing for quite some time now, a long time. Right. Um, but I think it just made me kind of, you know, like the fog had kind of lifted, and a lot of things came clear to me. And I just think that, uh, I would just feel, I feel like it's not fair to you, uh, to just phone it in. So that's kind of, and like I told you, I don't really know what's next. I want something else to be next, but I don't know, but it's just time for, I don't know, a new phase, you know? And I don't, (laughs) I don't know, dude, like, I don't know, maybe like four or five months down the line, I'm going to be like, well, fuck, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I don't know why I did that, but, <laughs> but who knows? I mean, just right now I feel, I feel like that is, uh, that's the thing. And, you know, I, I just want it to be known to whoever listens, you know, this is there, this is not a, uh, there's no animosity. There's no anger. There's no like frustration. There's no negative anything. You know, I'm not, I'm not unhappy with my role. I'm not unhappy with your role. I'm not unhappy with how it is or anything. I I was and am okay with all that. You know, you're like my oldest friend since we were, you know, you're, you're not a friend to me, you're family, you know? And so I think that, you know, there's no negative stuff between me and you or me and the podcast or anything like that. And that's kind of what I want to, uh, you know, make known. Okay. Um, and also, uh, you know, another thing, probably the last thing I'll say about it is I think that, you know, it's, it's kind of frustrating. I, I'm, I'm a, 
usually I'm a, a pretty shy guy or I just don't like to, uh, I don't know, I don't like to speak on things I don't know about. And I, I, I don't have that thing in me. I don't have a gift of gab. And I think that that's kind of what it takes. It takes a certain hustle, you know, lately. Um, it seems more and more people have a podcast. Um, and it seems that, you know, more and more people are better at getting in your face and letting you know and making things happen. And that's just not me. And I think the thing that I prided myself on about us and about myself and what we do is that, you know, our guest list speaks for itself. I don't need to say a fucking thing about that, you know? And I think that we never talked out of our ass. I don't think we ever did. And if I ever did, I apologize. <laughs> and if I ever did, or if you ever did, we were the first ones, like, in real time, as as the, the mic was rolling to, like, Google something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I see that a lot, and it frustrates the shit out of me. I'm proud that we always wanted to do it because we love the music, not because we wanted to be like, hey, hey, look at us. Yeah. And I think that that's a problem uh, here and there. And um, so I, I, I don't know if that's like a parting shot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be negative. But I just say that to enforce the fact that, you know, I believe we always did it for the right reason, which is the music. Yeah, I hate to say it like this, but fuck it. Sorry, but it's not always about the party. Okay, it's it's about the fucking bands. And if you're going to be in this shit, and if you're going to fucking promote it and talk about it, then you need to fucking know your shit. Yeah. And that's what we did. And so that's what I'm most proud of. And I think with that, I think I've, uh, I think I've finished my initial statement. <laughs> well, no, like, I know you're talking along the lines of podcasts, but we've talked about this for years, even before the no, podcast. You're, no, you're fucking right, man. When it comes to mainstream radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 90, and 90 that's 90% of those DJs, like yeah. you said, talk out their ass and they say shit that is like, not kind of wrong. I've We've heard, you know, here in Tulsa radio or Oklahoma City radio or even on Sirius. I can name you two DJs that I fucking would punch in the face if I met him right now. I really hope Tommy London's one of them. I don't mind him because he at least... I can't stand I, that I don't like his voice, voice, but he at least knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Dangerous Darren is someone right, I would right. punch in the fucking throat. <laughs> and Madison from... When it comes to like local radio, it's like these people like say shit that is like not just kind of wrong, like completely wrong information. Mm. And I'm like, I'm just listening to this station. And I know that what you just said is fucking wrong. Yep. But now there's thousands of people that think that's true and they're going to spout yeah, that shit for the next five years. Because some fucking pig dick said yeah. that. And you know what? I, 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 I do appreciate that you said radio because that would be who I'm 95% talking about. Okay. Yeah. You know? Because yeah, um, at, the, at the core of it, most people that do podcasts at least kind of right, right. know something, you know? Like they right. wouldn't, they, they have a passion for it or they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, exactly. I, I just... I, I can't, it's, it's like radio, they'll say some shit that happened six months ago 
Uh, and then, uh, yeah, no, you're, dude, you're totally fucking so right. I want to give that. a shout out right now to this DJ in Tulsa that I don't ever listen to regular radio now except when I'm mowing my lawn because I have noise canceling headphones yep. that have radio. And I've just switched between 103.3 and 97.5. Mm-hmm. I've noticed since I've been mowing this summer, I've never heard this guy before. The summer's name is like A.D. Browntree or something. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this guy? No. He's on KMOD like in the evenings. He's super positive, first off. You know, he's like, it's Wednesday. You only got half the week to go. You're going to make, you know, this kind of. Right. That, like that, what's his name? Funches, dude, you know? Yes, like Ron that super, Funches. Yeah, yeah, I love Ron Funches. It's that super positive attitude. But then on top of that, he's always saying like, coming up. We've got, like, the other day, I heard of Stone Oak Pilots and one Browse and Chains and Candlebox, where he'd be like, coming up, we've got a song by Candlebox. Kevin Martin said that this, and he goes into, like, a two-minute-long tirade about how or why this song was written. And it's always extremely accurate stuff. Right. And there's been a couple of times he said stuff I wasn't even familiar with. And I'm like, that's what radio needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, we need yeah. more of that. Yeah. I might fucking listen every now and then. Right. That was, yeah, definitely. But if you're ever, like, <laughs> scrolling through the channel for some reason, which I know you usually don't, when right. you hear that guy, just listen to him for a couple breaks or something. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know where else I was going to go with that. But I know exactly what you're saying about the burned out thing. We've spoke about it. We even spoke about it on the podcast. Like, Yeah, before. I mean, I was even going through that recently. I mean, I kind of got a little more back into it the last few weeks. But it's not like, you know, it just goes in phases. Like, you do this. This is now... This is August 2021, and we officially started recording podcast in May of 2015. Mm-hmm. So that's six years and three months. Right. That, And we've done them almost weekly. You know, we've had some chunks where we did two a week, and we had other chunks where, you know, we didn't do it for two or three weeks, at the most a month one time. Right. But you get burned out as doing anything like that. And like you said, you just feel like, What's left to say. Right. But, so, I totally get that, that part of it. And, you know, the longer it goes, you can't really flip that back around the other way unless something significant exactly. happens, I guess. Right, right. But I wanted to ask you what, because I know we talked about this back then, and we've always kind of mentioned it when people said, well, what made you guys start the podcast? But, like, because you listened to podcasts before I did. Right. And you're the one that told me to listen to Josta. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who else around that time. Trump didn't have a podcast yet. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do you, what was it that made you get in the podcast? Do you remember? Was um, it was it Joss? Was it the first one you listened yeah, to? Yeah, it was Jostin. Because I, I I remember seeing something uh, like it was a blabbermouth deal. Um, Jostin was interviewing uh, Vinnie Paul, and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool! When do you get to see this guy interview that guy?" You know, and at that time, I think he'd been, I don't know, I think he was super early on in that, in that, in his podcast. It was like literally maybe the 20th or 30th, I can't fucking remember, something like that. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, that's what did it for me. That's, that's what got me into it was that right there. And I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. So he, he interviews all these people and you, you get like. You get like honest conversation with this person, not just a blurb in a magazine. Yeah, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in because I'm such a metal dork and I'm such a music geek. I'm in on all that, and so I just devour it. And that's that's how I, you know, that's how I am. 
in a way. I devour whatever you, know, you get into. Yeah. yeah, whatever I get into. You know, when I got when I got into Old Crow Medicine Show, I devoured every fucking band like that. You know. Yeah. Um. You know. I. <laughs> Uh, wow, Jason likes beer. I devour <laughs> all of it. Give me all of it. I mean, yeah. that's how I am with most things. And so, um, yeah, that's that's that was the thing. And so, of course, you, you get into this podcast, you get into that podcast. And so, of course, the natural thing for me to think was, shit, we could do this Thunder Underground thing yeah. that we've always had. And so yeah. there you go. What other ones were you listening to around that time? Were there was um, it just mainly Jostin? Yeah, it? I'm trying to think. Um, man, that's a great question. I, I really can't remember. I think it was that forever. Um, okay. I, I know I started getting into like uh, Chris Jericho's podcast because he had a lot of those people on, yeah. and then I think shortly after that, Eddie Trunk started his podcast. Okay, you know, and then you know you you just and then it just goes from there. And, you know, every year, new people were, were starting podcasts, yeah. and it just went on from there. You know? Right. Yeah, because I remember whenever you mentioned it to me, you're like, you got to check this. And I finally eventually did. It took me a bit. I can't yeah. remember what the first Jost one I listened to, but it's kind of the same way. It's like, every once in a while, there, you know, there used to be television shows where they would do long-form interviews. Right. Like your Larry King. I mean, there's yeah. still stuff like that, or even... The actor studio guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff where you would get like a better look into someone than what you get from a radio interview where it's like segmented in the five minute or like your David Letterman type stuff where it's just yeah. short and concise. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that then, like you said, to be able to hear that from like metal dudes and rock dudes and then with Jericho with wrestlers and stuff that like these guys I love and you hear like not 30 minutes, but sometimes an hour and a half or two hours of conversation about to shit you would never hear from these guys. Right, right. And so then that's kind of when I was like, holy shit, and delved yeah. kind of into it. Yeah. And that's about when you were like, you know, we could do this. And then, exactly. you know, I guess throw credit to two women that aren't in our lives anymore. I specifically remember <laughs> right. we were on a, my back porch and you had mentioned it or something and they were, Tracy especially, they were both egging us on. Mm-hmm. Like, you should do this, you know. It's like, you're doing it right now. Every time we hang out, half the time is you two talking about music shit. Right. And it's like, so why don't you just hit record? You know? Yeah, exactly. And then you kind of mentioned a few more times, so then I just said, let's there we do go. It. Yeah. And, you know, side note, I don't want to give that bitch credit for anything. So <laughs> that's you why can I give said, her credit. That's why but... I said mostly Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Not the other one. <laughs> We're not even mentioning the name. Hell no. If you know this guy, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I've never went and listened. I've listened to a couple early ones, like, at random points just to see, but I don't want to listen to, like, our first few. No, I, I feel I, like... I would cringe. Even though we we talk now, it sounds natural. When we talk on the porch, it sounds natural. But then as soon as you hit record, like anybody is, it just starts sounding unnatural. Because you're like, mm-hmm. oh, what do I say next? And, you know, we need to make this sound like... Right. And that's what I've always enjoyed mainly about Josta and Jericho is they're great about just letting the conversation flow and it never sounds like all our stuff sounded especially early, which was like question, answer, pause, question, answer, pause. Right, 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 
right. when I started yeah. interviewing people. But even before that, when it was just me and you talking, it was still kind of like talk, talk, pause. Yeah. Oh, uh, so Metallica did this, blah, 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 pause. Right. Rocklahoma, pause. You know, it's like. You know, you know, you know, you know, yeah. you know, you know. And here we are six years later. We never really got rid of the you knows. I know. I know. <laughs> What do you do? Or I say so a lot. I've noticed, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I say that a lot too. But, but so yeah, I mean, it transition. I mean, I feel like we did a good job of learning on the fly. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Because neither one of us knew anything. About yeah, there's what we're definitely doing. an evolution. That's for sure. Yeah. I have to agree with that. Because I and also another one, Noah Richardson has music out there under the name Noah T. And he, when I told him we were starting this. He's like, yeah. He's like, most people don't make it past twenty episodes. But if you make it to twenty-one, you're doing something. He's like, that's. He's like, he's like, I've literally read that. He's like, most podcasts, the average podcast dies before twenty episodes. Really? And then that's also kind of the point where if you make it past that, then it starts to find its identity or feel more natural. If you're not a natural Jamie Josta type talker, exactly. You know, and I feel like this because you know our because we had interviews before that, but they were like. Our one with Gumby from Battlecross. Yeah. The first touring artist we did on location at Kane's Barroom. I was nervous as fuck. I was as nervous. I was as nervous at that moment that I was when we went to Gene Simmons. Because that was a different kind of nervousness. Yes. But just because, you know, if I you tell that to Gumby now, he'd probably laugh. But it's like. Right. And sure, Battlecross isn't Metallica when it comes to the level of what they're at. But to us, they were band we liked that yeah. was a touring act and it's like holy shit this guy's gonna think we're fucking idiots and don't know what we're doing <laughs> right and he ended up being on like three or four more times yeah so yeah the band as a whole has been on four yeah. times or five times between him and Tony but yeah it was great and then just those ones like that the ones we did around here with Scott and Jana and Sprout and Mike D and Severman just kind of built up and once we got in the 20s with Joey Allen and Wino. Right. And Kirk Winstein and Sid Falk. I think that's kind of when it started spiraling and we kind of yeah. started to sound more like we were. Like, okay, okay, we can do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely. But as you're, like, do you remember about, you probably don't because I don't even remember, like when you stopped getting nervous? Because <laughs> oh, I always God. thought about that because it, it took me I a while. I don't know because it, it I think it, I don't know. I, 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 I'll tell you this much. I, I can't remember when I stopped getting nervous, but I know that it, it can't, that comes and goes with who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, like it would start feeling like, oh, I'm not nervous anymore. And then, oh, here's Gene Simmons. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. Oh, I'm not nervous anymore. Or here's now you're going to do phone interviews. Here's Vivian Campbell. So it's like, yeah, it's like if it's, Every facet of it had its different nervousness because when we first started doing Skype or phone, I was nervous as shit. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't see this person. You know, they do this stuff all the time. They're going to think I sound like an idiot, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and I think that, um, you know, it was for, it might have been a bigger band like, you know, at Canes or, you know, whatever that, that I, that we had to interview, but if I wasn't really into them, I didn't give a fuck, dude. I, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I, I wasn't nervous. Not that I didn't give a fuck. I gave a fuck, but I just wasn't nervous. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like the, uh, like the, um, 
first one in Canes was Miss May I. That's, I that's the one I was trying to think, Miss May I. I was like, I'm like, I wasn't really that nervous because I don't know these guys. Yeah. You like, know, I just I'm, crammed their music yeah, in I, two, I, two days before the show. Yeah, I did some <laughs> studying, but, and, and, and that's another thing that, that is hard about this is because you're not, you're not going to be into every band, but you can't turn down some opportunities. Yeah. So it, that was a struggle. Like, I, why am I here? You know, I, <laughs> I don't really know a lot about this band. And so that was another thing that was always tough for me, yeah. you know, because I, I, I felt, I felt like a poser when we'd have to do that kind of stuff. Well, it was a give and take, you know, you got yeah, yeah. to be able That's to do exactly, you know, no Fallon or something else. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's part of it. Yeah. Well, like I wrote down some key moments that, cause we've, we've done this, kind of talk many times, usually on the 100 episode or when someone is like asking us about it. So there's stuff we've said a million times, but a few things I point, wrote down that we haven't talked a ton about was Queensryche. This was like early on, like the fourth or fifth episode we did was our review of Rocklahoma on that year, 2016. Queensryche played. It was the first time we saw him with Todd as the vocalist. Mm-hmm. And we made the post about it on Facebook, and then they commented and shared it. Yeah, and to me that that, that was huge because that was literally our fourth or like right. fourth episode or some shit. Yeah, I I, I couldn't believe it. I was yeah. on cloud nine. I specifically remember when I saw it happen. This it happened like late at night, like at eleven or midnight. Mm-hmm. Like I called you on the phone. I never call. Yeah, yeah. I rarely call people unless I just need to, unless it's like my grandma or mom or something. You know? Right. Like, I called and like your ex-wife answered because you were asleep. She's like, he's asleep. I'm like, well, I'm calling because Queen's right just shared a podcast four episodes in. So she's like, should I wake him? I'm like, yes, you should. <laughs> I don't even remember that. I was probably drunk out of my dick hole because I hated where I was at at the time. But anyways, that's all other story. So that was like a cool moment, like to let us right. know, like, oh, well, I mean, even though we're just this tiny little thing, a band that not only a band that is big, a band that's been big to us since we were literally like twelve or thirteen, right? You know, yeah, acknowledged that was, that was crazy, dude. And that they was, even like awesome. shared it and acknowledged, like I think they even put a timestamp if I remember right. Like they, so they listened to what was whoever it was, whether it was right. just a social media manager or whether it was Todd, because I think he does it now. But regardless, yeah. And then the stuff like uh, well, I already mentioned Gumby, Jake. We didn't mention JP from Egotastic Funtime filmed right. that whole thing, and that's still yep. to this day our only video podcast that we've ever done. Right. I mean, that we released as a video. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the Gene Simmons interview in its entirety is something we've talked about a lot. Yeah, but that it's was such amazing. A, it's such a moment that like it's worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something that no one can ever take away from us, and that's something I'll never forget. Yeah. You know, that was just astronomical and i like that you you mentioned because i'm you know because the promoter of the show was sunshine right see right who used to do access entertainment now she's an author she's got tons of great stuff going on but at that point she was promoting the show that he was he was headlining as a solo band and you remember the name of that damn town no it was on the border or brahman or something yeah Yeah. something yeah (laughs) It's on the border of Oklahoma and Kansas. Kansas, yeah. 
and they're built, there's a casino there, but they were doing the groundbreaking for the Kiss Casino, which was the Rock and Brews Casino. If which I remember. never happened. But I read something a few months ago that it's back on now. Really? Well, yeah. there you go. So they did the groundbreaking for this. Gene Simmons played the show. So just on a whim, I just got a hold of Sunshine and said, hey, if that's possible, we would love to do it. Just thinking the chances of that are like 1%. Yeah. Two or three hours. This was like the day before. Like, I didn't even think of it till then. Two or three hours after that, we were at the shrine. Yes. Watching. I can't remember. I remember chasing Jenny was on stage. Shout out to Jennifer Ashford and right. all the medical stuff she's got going on. Love her. I can't remember who else was on the bill or who they were opening for. <laughs> but I feel like it was a touring artist. But regardless, we were there and I looked and I had a missed call from her. So I went outside and called her back and she's like, yeah, can you guys be here at whatever time it was, 4 p.m. tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Not knowing I was going to have to tell work I need to leave early. In the yeah, me neither. Yeah. But fuck it. And, uh, it's like, all right, I got you guys on the media list. I was like, what the fuck? Like I, so, and then you mentioned, I'm glad that it happened that way. Because if we had had, like, a lot of these interviews, we have two or three weeks ahead of time to know or prepare. Right. He's like, I would have been freaking out even more. Yeah. If yeah, I had exactly. all this time in my head to build up to that moment. Yeah. But we had literally, like, less than 24 hours from when we knew to come up with questions and get there. And we did it, and it was freaking hilarious. Yeah, that's was, crazy. Yeah, that was such a good, uh, and that was one where, I don't know, for some reason, and you're right, like, had we had, like, a week or two, uh, you know, it would have been just, I, I don't know, I probably went insane. Nerve wracking, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, that was one I remember being nervous all day, and then being nervous walking up to his trailer. But then, like, the minute we walked in, I just wasn't nervous for some reason. Yeah. And I just felt, like, at home or, or whatever the fucking term is, you know? So that that was weird. Yeah. But I don't know. It worked out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> when I always like to tell people, because people always rip on Gene Simmons mm-hmm. about, oh, he's an asshole, this and that, he right. charged you for this, you know? And it's like, my experience with Gene Simmons, that 30 minutes of time or whatever, yep. he was cool as hell. Yeah, he was great. I mean, and... So many people say so much shit, and I'm not yeah. saying it's untrue, because, you know, there's a persona that he has to, you know, adhere to, I'm sure, in his mind. Yeah. But to us, he was nothing but fucking gracious and kind and funny and cool yeah. and no ego, no, you know, no intimidation, no nothing. Yeah. Offer so, those drinks. Yeah. kind of stuff. And he, you know, I mean, he even was, like, arguing with me on a couple questions. And I kept going, so I think that's part of the thing that was probably good, too. Right, right, right. Because if right. I had just, like, shut down yeah, got nervous about it, he would have been like, yeah. fuck this. Because then even at the at the end, <laughs> you were, he kept talking, and, like, his, whoever it was, whether it's tour manager or his manager, whoever it was, like, you know, we still got someone else out here for a newspaper or something. Yeah. And he was, like, apologetic. He's like, sorry, guys, i got to go and do this newspaper right, thing. Right, right. So I think he was probably happier he was doing something where it was just a free-form talk. Right, right. <laughs> totally. Because totally. then I even gave him our shirt and stuff, and he gave it to her to put with the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he commented on the Scattered Hamlet shirt. And right. So I mean, right, he was making yeah. conversation outside of himself, and then then he even joked about five bucks for the picture, right? Yeah. And I yeah, was like, I'll so. give you fucking five bucks. <laughs> 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 but regardless, 
amazing to me. Yeah, Another, that was a that was a great one. Here's my thousand and twelfth thanks to Sunshine for that. Yeah, one. no shit, no <laughs> shit. But thanks to that episode, that's been our most most newsworthy episode because it got it spread further than the typical rock sites. It was all over those. It was even on alternative press, right? And like just random other sites that would never pick up stuff we talked about. Yeah, and then John Connolly from Seven Dust made this huge long post on his social media about one of the news stories that came from our episode with Jim yeah. Simmons. So then I reached out to him and said, hey, we're the podcast that he was on saying that. Would you like to come on and talk about this? And he said, yes. So just like that, it was instantly, it's not like, that was a hundred some episodes in, so it wasn't hard at that point. Right, right, right. But it was easier to just reach directly out to a guy yeah, in a band like Seven Dust and get them. Because then we did the same thing with Bruce Kulik like a week later. Yeah. And said, hey, we just talked to Gene Simmons and he made this comment about revenge. You want to come on and talk about it? He's like, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that led to so much stuff, and it led to it led to more confidence in doing what we did. Yeah, you know. And then uh, Jackal, something we haven't talked that about in a while. Cool. Yeah, when Jackal played Rocklahoma, one of the many times they usually play every other year, every right. third year, and this is probably 2016 or 17. They played Rocklahoma. Quick story is that. There was a timing issue because of stuff that happened earlier in the day. Yeah. And then singer of Cedar made some comments, I guess, on stage. And then backstage, they kind of had an argument. Him yeah. and Jesse James Dupree. So that kind of became a news story. But anyway, in our review, we did this, our full-on review of Rocklahoma like we've done every year. Yeah. We spent like a good, probably eight, ten minutes just on that topic. Oh, yeah. Jackal in their, in their selves. And then, of course, that. And, of course, we're defending him because... Even if he's wrong, which he wasn't, why no, wouldn't wasn't. you defend him over Sean Morgan? Yeah, when it comes to us, yeah, exactly. you know which side we're going to But regardless, we put that out, tagged all the bands that are in it, and then he listened to it. In turn, his manager reached out to us and said, "Hey, Jesse, heard what you said on the podcast. Really appreciated it. Want your address to send you some stuff." Right. We're like, okay, cool. And I think he asked for shirt sizes. I'm like, that's fucking cool. He's going to send us a t-shirt. Yeah. And literally, it wasn't even like three days later, I showed up, showed up home and there was a box on the doorstep that was like probably two foot wide by two foot tall. Right. It was like 40 fucking pounds or something. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And we opened it up and it was so three bottles of whiskey, his three different types of whiskey yep. from his Jesse James Spirits, all of them signed. Yes. And then he had put in a shirt for both of us for the Jesse James Spirit and a shirt for... Jackal. Jackal. And then he gave us, was it Spirits Hats? Yeah, there's hats. And then there was the Jack, the newest Jackal album on CD. Right. Jackal stickers. Yes. Jesse James Spirits stickers. Right. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something. He he, he wrote us like a no, card, well, like of course. a note. Yeah. He's like, I've got the notes sitting over there on the shelf. He said we were God's balls, yeah. which is the best compliment yeah. anyone could fucking give me. That's right. He's like, you guys, thanks for the support. You guys are God's balls. <laughs> right. Right, right, So that right. could be, that could stand alone as the greatest compliment in the history of this podcast. Yeah, well, I think so. How could it not be? Right. <laughs> and then uh, Riot Fest is something else I'd written down because that was the first big event we went to. Mm-hmm. Once, besides Rocklahoma, once we were doing the podcast. And I just wanted to point that out because I remember 
I ended up getting backstage. No comments on how that happened. Yeah. On the podcast well, here. Well, that was a night. If you want to know, I'll tell you off podcast. <laughs> or you know, but I meant other people. Right, right. Um, not getting into everything that happened with me backstage or you guys trying to find me after the show <laughs> and what happened after that. But the point is, when you finally found me, when I finally came out of there after the show had been done for 45 minutes, probably, right? Um, you're like, I don't know what you were doing back there who you were talking to, but he's like, I've got like, I was looking at, I think you said Facebook or something. I know it's Facebook or Twitter, but one of them, you said all of a sudden, like over the span of 30, 45 minutes, it's like so-and-so like the name So there's this big clump of people like it. Right. So I was I was in the artist area, like in the area where they're getting their drinks. I was just walking around just handing people. I was being that douchebag. Right. Now that I think of it, because I've had some, you know, liquid courage, some, I guess. Some libations. Yes. Yeah. Just walking around handing people my card. Say, hey, you want to be on a podcast? Check it out. You know, it's like, and then people, I guess, to their credit, a lot of them liked it. Oh, yeah. yeah Whoever they were. That. I, I met Andrew now. WK, gave him a card. Yep. I remember <laughs> that now. God, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, the rest of that is just <laughs> completely off podcast. Yeah. What a night. But the important part about that festival is we saw Lemmy for the final time. Right. That was one of his final shows. Yes, it was. We did a few more after that. He was, he sounded good, but he did not look good. Right. And, uh, that was September, and he ended up passing away at the end of December. Yep. And so, thank you, got the chance to see him a few times. And then we did a full episode on him, mm-hmm. a tribute episode. And really, the only people we've ever done that for besides him was Vinnie Paul and Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We saw Merle Haggard. And he passed, he's one of the people that passed away in 2016. Right. And then. Yeah, that's right. Most importantly, well, I say most, it's not more important than Merle Haggard or Lemmy. We got to see Henry Rollins. Yes. DB. What's the word I'm looking for? Roundtable yeah, discussion? Yeah, it's a roundtable discussion. For the West Memphis Three? Yes. Like, who else like, was there besides Damien Nichols? And there's um, two of the three there, right? Thurston Moore. Yeah, Thurston Moore. Some other punk guy. <clears throat> I can't remember. Sorry. I just know it was Thurston Moore okay. and Damien Nichols. I just couldn't remember if there was someone big I people. forgot about. No. Okay. But, I mean, that's something that is unique as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Many people out there rarely got to see anything like that. Not everybody gets to check that out. That yeah. was really cool. And that was a thing that we didn't really know what was going on until the day we got there. I just happened to be looking at the schedules they were passing around. That's right. And I saw real tiny, real tiny print at the very bottom. I'm like, what? We have to find this. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of an added surprise. That was really cool. We had to leave Merle Haggard for that. Right, right. Like we got to see about half the of Merle time. Haggard. Yeah, there's no other reason that's you're okay. going to walk out of Merle Haggard. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And got to see Rancid play and out come the Wolves in its entirety. Exactly. And we sang along to every fucking word. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a great lineup. That yes, day. that was a that was a great. I have not been impressed with any Riot Fest lineup since. Yeah. So. No, yeah. There's always been bands on those that I really want to see. Like, but not enough. Yeah, but like this year specifically, you've got Faith No More, Mr. Bumble, and I always forget the name of Roddy Bottoms thing, Me and the Man. Oh, uh, something like that. I always say Me and that Man. Man, but that's man, man Love man, man on Man. Man on Man. Yeah. So, so regardless, you've got three fake no more entities there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, besides that, there's never been a lineup that was as strong from top to bottom as that year. Right, right. I mean, at least us. But, and then Streets Gone Wild, not really going into it, but 
we went to the press conference, you know, thanks to... That was cool. Who was it? We didn't even know Doug at that yeah, point. I can't remember I how think that Tom. Happened. I can't remember if it was Tom or someone invited us. I have no idea. It's been so long. Yeah. It might have been Tom Green, but someone invited us to come to the thing since we were... I still feel weird saying it, quote-unquote, a media outlet. Right, right, right. Um, so we went in and watched the press conference with the guys that came in for it. Yeah. And then one of the guys was Eddie Trunk. He was... After the thing, he stood over the side and did interviews, but he was doing, you know, your typical run through the line, record a quick interview for the newspaper or the television station. Right. It's like three or four minutes. So we, I remember we specifically just kept stepping back. Anytime someone else showed up, we'd get in the back of line so there was no one behind us. So I'm like, so we can get more than three or four minutes. And we got like eight or nine minutes out yep. of it. Yep. Which I knew it wouldn't be much longer, but it was enough to ask a few questions. And, exactly. And I feel like, kind of going in what you said earlier, I feel like he appreciated that because he kind of looked like when you asked him the question about Saxon, I think, just mm-hmm. a couple questions. Maybe it was accept. I don't remember. Yeah. The question just kind of came out of the blue. That everybody else is asking really generic bullshit yeah. about the Aries Rock Festival, Aries right. Rock's band, Why Tulsa, you know. And we're asking like real questions of shit that he's. Exactly. That he's into, so. So that was kind of a cool one, and to be able to talk to him, and then you interviewed Don Jameson later, and so we got two thirds of those guys. Yeah, two thirds of that metal show. Yeah, right, right. So if I ever get Jim Florentine down the line, you should probably come back okay. so we can okay. complete that trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get mad if I keep saying that about other people. <laughs> <laughs> but so not going into the whole thing that we've done a million times. What's your favorite episode? This and that. I mean, um, is there anything that s- s- sticks out like? Specifically, besides the stuff we always mention, like Reed Mullen and Shooter Jennings, and um, the stuff that what did, what did you just say about um, Streets Gone Wild, Eddie Trunk, Don Jameson? Because I just had a thought. That metal show. That metal show. Well, I said Saxon. We interviewed Biff. Oh yeah, that was for me. That was one of the highlights. Was that that day the Judas Priest, Black Star Rider, Saxon show at BOK Center. And here in Tulsa, um, to get to go backstage at the BOK and interview Biff Byford of Saxon was fucking amazing. Um, that that one meant a lot to me because I love that band so fucking much. Um, and then also getting to interview Damon Johnson and Ricky Woolworth from Black Star Riders was amazing and something I couldn't believe and how cool they were, yeah. how fucking just awesome they were. And, you know, that started our, you know, what our kind of uh, relationship with Damon Johnson in that camp. Yeah. And he's been on here, what, four or five times now? Five. Yeah, that's yeah. that's invaluable to me. That That's that's one that I really, you know, I'm super proud of. Um, and then I think that, and I always like the kind of the surprises, you know, of bands I was never really into, but ended up being like some of the nicest guys, like Mark Torian. Yeah. Um, like LA Guns. Um, what was uh, the dudes that used to be Orgy? Julian K. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't re- even realize they were Orgy until that day or something. I can't remember how it went. But, I probably told you. Yeah. yeah but, uh, and, and they were super fucking nice. Those guys were. Yeah. Just kind of shit like that. Kind of the little surprises are the ones that I always get a kick out of. Yeah. Which I'm sure there's more. I'm just not thinking about them right now. Right. But, you know, I, I love 
you know, say what you want about what's going on with this guy now, but I loved having David Ellison on. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you had to have somebody from the Big Four uh, was just monumental for me. Twice. Twice, right. You know, and, and just... And just uh, yeah, and he's another one super nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I really loved Royal Republic. I thought that was a great, fun interview. I thought those guys are super cool. Yeah. Um, I yeah. was super nervous about that, not because of who they were. Like, we had just kind of gotten into them right, right. before that. But because I, I didn't expect it to be all five of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, yeah, then it exactly. kind of... That always, that's one thing that's always thrown me off my game. When you get more than two people, yeah, I get a little nervous of thinking. Because yeah. especially when you got, you know, this is no knock because we love local bands. But when you get bands that aren't used to doing interviews and you get more than one or two people, right, they kind of shut down and wait for someone else to say something. Yeah. Sometimes. So there's a, there's a thing there. Rural Republic, it, once it started, it was easy because... Yeah. They're all five cool, and yeah, exactly. there was a couple of them that kind of led it, you know. But, right, right. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I always think about not necessarily just kind of moments like that, more so than the interview being amazing, like mm-hmm. Brent Ferguson, just to be able to tell people, you know, yeah, we were interviewed a dude in the room with all the costumes all the, yeah, and gore, and, and it smelled like yeah. the ass end of the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> locker room. You know, it's like. And I even mentioned that to him, and he said, yeah. I'm like, how do you deal with these? Like, I'm the only person in this band that cleans my my costume on a regular basis. Right, He's right. like, I just spray Febreze in it and other shit. He's like, the rest of these guys just throw it here and put it back on and then take a shower. I'm like, the fuck you just... Because that first 10 minutes you're in that's got to be horrible, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like I... I had made, I'd started making a list because I've been meaning to do this for months and months anyway, mm-hmm. just so we're not always saying the exact same yeah. people. And, you, you know, certain people we don't mention as much as I think we should have. It was like Mark Slaughter. Right. You know, was on here twice. And, you know, that's another one that in 1990 on, you know. Yeah. From when we were in middle school. That yeah. Was one of our guys. You know? Yeah, I was like, you know, pinch me. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Right, right, right. And Mark Guscott from Trickster was one of our early guys. Yeah. And then we ended up getting PJ Farley as well. That was awesome. We can now say we've got a member of Fozzie on here. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and like four other bands that he's in. Raw. And, you know, two guys from Clutch. Going back to the 90s, the Ricky Brooks from the Nixons. Yeah. Well, and the Clutch thing is big. You yeah. Know. That's a, that's a band that we hold in such high regard. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, yeah, that that was that was that was huge. It really was. Yeah. And to like get so far three members of Hate Breed. Yes. I think that's as far as bands that we've interviewed individually. That's the one we're closest to completing or having the most individual members. Maybe. Yeah. A lot of other bands I think are like so, two. Yeah. Even like with Warrant and Trickster and COC and stuff like that. We had two members, but right. Yeah. Right. Kenny Hickey. We got to listen to him pee. I know. I mean, that's for me. I think that's number one. That could be. You know, that's got to be number one. <laughs> and we put it on the podcast. So yeah, why not? Because he to. was saying something while he was doing it, so we had to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> but to me, that's huge. That's one of our both of our favorite bands of all time. Yeah, totally. And to be able to get the guitarist on here is massive. But and stuff like he is legend. That's yeah. another band that neither one of us was into. But that guy was super fucking rad. Yeah, like twice. Yeah. And then getting to know Night Demon. That was a, That's another big one. I'm glad you, yeah. you brought that up. Huge um, shout out to JP. Yeah. Um, 
to to be able to like have a rapport with. I think that's like the one of the only bands, maybe the only band that like we kind of have a rapport with. Like you know, we could all just hang, and I'm not trying to sound like Eddie Trunk or anything. Yeah, but I mean, uh, because you know, JP, my cousin, egotastic fun time, grew up with those guys, knows them, so that's already built in. You know that they know that they can come to Tulsa and hang out with a few people that aren't just you know trying to say, oh, we're guess guess who we're hanging out with, right? You know, and so that that's one that I. That's another one that I'll really take with me. Hey, we went to Hooters with him at one point. Yeah, we went to Hooters. I got the drummer riding my old uh, Nissan. I mean, that's great. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool because I've been on here, is it four times now or three? It's four, I think. Four. Yeah, because well, yeah, we did the first one was at the Sound Pony. Right. And then we did... The one where we just mentioned with Hooters, that was in Oklahoma City. No, we didn't record a podcast on that one. We were just, remember, because they were, they were playing the Sound Pony on their way to Oklahoma City. Oh, and then we interviewed Lips from Anvil that Yeah, day. yeah. Uh, in, in C. Yeah. And, then, and then we had them at the, the Tiki Bar. Yeah, the Van, they, yeah, Vanguard, and then when they played Canes, and then, you were gone, so me and JP interviewed them. Okay. So there you go. I was just thinking, I was thinking four because of that other time. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. But yeah, they, that Lips from Anvil was another interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a big fan of Charlie Bernard. He's not a big fan of anything. That's right. He should have been huge. Yeah. He should have got Donald Trump to speak on his behalf. God. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That's another one. It's like, I know. I like Anvil, but you got into him a little bit more. But I think after that, you're just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, anyways. Yeah. But Brian Tishy is a really cool guy that we've gotten to talk to twice. And that's that's another one I'm really happy about is the second time he was on. Because most guys that we don't know, not like our people in the area that we can get on and talk about anything. A lot of those guys, you get on on the guys of talking about whatever they're promoting, and then you can kind of go into something else. Mm-hmm. But with him, that second time, we built the whole thing around him just talking about Neil Pierce. Right, right. Like because we had had him on just a few months before talking about his new band, mm-hmm. Silvertune or no, Silverthorn. Right, Silvertune is uh, <laughs> Kenny Hickey. And then so when we had him back, we talked to him for like 45 minutes and probably 35 minutes of that was about Rush. Yeah. Yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah. To be able to talk to a guy like that that is at at a level where he can rightfully talk about and play Rush songs, to be able to have him on the podcast just to talk about the loss of that one of the greatest artists in rock history. Right. is amazing to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. But yeah, there's tons more stuff we can mention. Mark Kendall. Oh, yeah. Texted you and called us Thunder Down Under. Right. And that Linda Australian <laughs> stripper review. Uh, Scattered Hamlet, you know, yeah. the relationship with those guys is great. That's That was awesome. Yeah. So, well, because, so on that point, yeah, gotta love Adam Joe, Adam Newell. I mentioned Adam Newell in the D. Snyder interview, by the way. Oh, nice. I need to message him and tell him that. Yeah. I've got this full list now. I'm not going to rattle off 300 names. 
But I'm going to rattle off every name of anyone from Oklahoma that we've had on this podcast. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with, I'm going to list like five guys here that we've mentioned many times. Steve Ray, Stacey Lane, Terry Waska, Chad Malone, and Dave Cantrell. Having all those guys on, because they're all guys that we've watched live. Yeah. Opening for bands, you know, like, oh, shit, what's this band? This band's called Buttons of Doom. This band's called yeah. Pitbulls on Crack. Yeah. You're like, that's fucking cool as hell. And they're and opening they're for us. They're, they're opening, here. Yeah, they're opening for Anthrax right, or whoever right. we're going to see. And, you know, being 13 to 15 or however old we were at that time, 15, 16, you'd think, I like this band just based off their name. And then you yeah. see them and you're like, ah, oh, this is fucking amazing. Right, right. So then to be able to sit down and now have like a friendly relationship with these guys. Yes. To me, is amazing. Like Steve Ray, that's another one I should have mentioned that I was super nervous. Yeah. When the first time we went to his house and talked to him, because like this is the dude from fucking people on crack. Right. Yeah. Right. This is like to me like going to talk to Gene Simmons. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> a lot of those guys for us. You know, going and seeing them uh, when we were kids, opening for touring bands. You know, we held them in just the same regard almost. Yeah. And. uh because, you know, I, I was so proud that stuff like that came out of Tulsa. Came out of the same place I was from. Um, and, and so that that was huge for me. And I think before any of the national acts that we had on the show, you know, those guys, that that is, that's like the holy grail of it to me. Yeah. Um, so that's, for me, yeah, that's super huge. And I, I you know, I, I don't know. And while we're on that, I'll just say it. I don't know how long, I don't know how much longer we're going to go. So I'm just going to say that one of the things I really wanted to get out was before the national acts, before who's bigger, who's not, you know, all the, all the Tulsa hard rock and metal acts we had on were the absolute most important thing to me. Um, and especially those guys you just mentioned and a couple others were like, you know, the again, the holy grail of what I cherish the most about doing this. Yeah. Um, because I think that, uh, I think I'm sure everybody says that about their town, but I really think that uh, a, a lot of the hard rock and metal in this town is overlooked. And I think uh, some of these bands should have, should have or sh- and should be bigger than they are. Yeah. So for me, that's the most important thing. And that's, you know, uh, that's just one thing I wanted to express. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Derek Sanders and Mike DiPetrillo were also from around. Exactly. We didn't specifically know who they were, I think, back then. But I know we've seen them live mm-hmm. in the bands they were oh, in. Yeah. yeah. And we mentioned Chad Malone. It's not like anybody can see this, but I'm holding. Right. He just released a hardcover book called Melancholy Madness in the Mundane, where it's a collection of his poetry. And I know you've been big into like writing yourself, right? So I figured you just get where you actually hadn't got yours in, right? No, uh-uh. so I literally ordered it the yeah. other day. So I'm sure you're going to delve through this like yes. in one evening here, right? Right. But you know, I kind of already looked at it a little bit. But yeah, it's great. It's just a collection of his poems. If you're if you're out there listening and you like poetry or you like punk rock, and you know who drew that, Derek Sanders. Derek Sanders. Okay. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Comes back around. Yeah. If you like your punk rock, you're deep into punk rock, you probably heard of Brother Inferior. Right. And also, if you're not familiar with the, the movie 
Old Capital Underground. Yeah, that's another. We had an episode where we had Dave Pantrell, Terry Waska, and Brian Crane. They're the three filmmakers, Old Capital Underground, and it explores the punk and metal scene of the Tulsa area from the late 70s to the mid-90s. Right. And this is, I mean, it's a amazingly done documentary. It's been, they submitted it to around the world festivals. It's won awards. I mean, if you're one of those people that just likes documentaries, no matter whether you're into punk or not, you've got to watch this thing because it's right. so great. Yeah. And to be able to talk to them about that, and Chad Malone's a big part of that as well. But yeah, check out this book. It's actually sold out, but he just posted yesterday that they're already printing the exactly. second the second edition. So there you go. But along those lines, these are kind of in order because I just wrote them down as I was going down the list. Scott Squires has been on here three times. Jana Jordan Squires has been on here twice. Right. And, you know, a shout out to them. They're the first people we ever interviewed on this podcast. That was episode like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had the first person that was ever on this podcast was Michael Thrasher. Right. Michael Thrasher, Justin Poole, and Seth Carnes. Three friends we had come in to talk about just subjects. But the first band we interviewed, Scott and Gianna. Then shortly after that was Nine from Dead Metal Society. And they and those three have Tulsa uh, Tulsa live stream, Tulsa music stream now. Yeah. So how cool is that? Doing big things. Yeah. And and shout out to Nine. I believe he's he's the first person we interviewed that we didn't know. Right. Because yeah, yeah, we yeah. knew Scott and Jana going back. Yeah. But yeah. and then we had on Mike DiPetrillo shortly after Nine's been on here twice. Been on Mike DiPetrillo. Been on here five times, I believe. I didn't write that down for some reason. Severmind as a band has been on here four times. Mm-hmm. Stacy Lane is on here another time. Yes. Um, with Bunnies of Doom. And then Steve Ray was on here three times. Steve Murdoch's been on here twice. Sprout's been on here three times by himself. And then he was on with Screaming Red Mutiny. Right. With the entire band. Shout out to John Halata. And then, of course, Mike Starkey, who was on here again later with Murderous Mary. Yes. And then we've had on... Smoke Offering and Forever and Discuss together, that was still, I think, our biggest group of people at the same time. At one time, yeah. Because yeah. there was nine of them and two of us. Or was it <laughs> seven of them and two of them? I think it was nine of them. Yeah. Because it was... Kyle Williams was a vocalist of both bands. Right. And every other member of both bands was there. Yeah. And then us, and we did it in the downtown lounge. That's right. <laughs> and I remember what you just spoke at a minute ago. Didn't Kyle say... I hope you guys keep doing local interviews because at that point we had started getting the name guys like Wino and right, right. Sid Falk and Sons of Texas and Warren and all that. Yeah. And you're like, you bet your ass we're going Exactly. Exactly. It's important. <laughs> and shout out to Kyle. Here we are almost 300 episodes after that point and we stuck true to our work. Right, right. You mentioned Dave Cantrell has been on here at least for three times. And then Grind with Dell and CJ together three times. They've both been on here separately. On their own right, right. With other people. Cody Slane was on here. Janie Kaczynski from 13 Minutes, Cardio Complex, and Impact Events. Eddie Green, Even the Dogs, and Driver was on here a couple of times. The Devil You Adore was on here. Scott Bond's been on here 
twice. Fist of Rage was on here as a full band twice. Crane Technique. Shout out to them. We need those guys to get back together. Machine in the Mountain. Shout out to them. Don't know why they haven't been on here a second time. <laughs> well, and then now we need to get the Green Country IRA on here. Right. Or, excuse me, I need to get the Green Country IRA. <laughs> and then we had, sorry, last time place, Dakota Harrington's been on here twice. Trevor Tree was on here one of those times with right. Dakota. The Normandies on here twice because Pete was on here a second time recently. The Reliance Code. Lola Henderson was on here a couple of times. She was in that aforementioned uh, smoke offering mass thing and then on her own. Claim Your Enemy was on here two more times or three times if you count the devil in the door. Alter Blood, Less Than Human, Andy Papadopoulos and our six hour recording with him. Oh man. That I cut down to about two hours. Yeah. Chris Taylor from the dark side stage of Rocklahoma. Brax from Violent Victim. And, of course, now Fist of Rage. He's been on here by himself. He's been on here with Violent Victim. And he was on here with Fist of Rage. Doxy was on here. Driver was on here as a full band. And, of course, we have Deep Petrillo on here multiple times. Violent Victim, like I just mentioned. Chris and Laura from Porch Talk were on here. CJ from Grind was on here. All those times with Dell. And he was on here once with Paulette from Fist of Rage talking about a show they did in Tulsa. And, as well, he was on here for our Kiss every album in a row. Right. Let's Slip the Dogs. Phenomenal band. I hope they do some more stuff. Doug Burgess is on here twice. Zen Hipster. What do you think about that band? Oh, man. Awesome. Decent. Yeah. Decent. <laughs> <laughs> they played Rocklahoma in 2019. Right. Eric Bass is in the band Zen Hipster. But he was also on here by himself. That was earlier this year. Yes. So check that one out if you have not. Very cool. We love Eric. I mentioned Murderous Mary. Wither was on here. Bunnies of Doom, we mentioned that. The Outlaw Devils. That's probably the third time Scott Bond is on here. And then Dusty Robinson of Dirty Rotten. I think that covers it on local people. Right, right. I mean, that, and that's what it's about, really. You know, yeah. and that's that's what, you know, I'm so proud we could we could kind of bring. And, you know, I hope that continues. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, and, um, that, that's just, uh, uh, you know, and like shout out to Jake Thompson and shout out to Donnie Rich and Steve Liddell, Steve Murdoch, the guys that put the shows together. Yeah. You know, in the venues, the Shrine, ID, uh, IDL. Uh, Rest in peace. Yeah. Downtown Lounge, which I love that Rest place. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, all that's left is, yeah. Simon at the Vanguard and Donnie at the. Right, right. The Shrine in Blackbird. Yep, exactly. So hopefully they, they keep those going. But exactly. Yeah, that's something we've mentioned a few times throughout the, many times throughout the past year. The Downtown Lounge was kind of, before they ended up having to close, that was our, I'm not going to say home base or anything, but it was our kind of our go-to places, like pre-game before a show at Kane's, Brady, or right. BOK, or anything near downtown, or just hey, where do you want to meet? Downtown Lounge. Exactly. You want to go grab a drink or let's do an interview with someone in that area. We did a couple down there. Yeah. And, you know, and Jake's always been a big supporter. And, of course, now he's a sponsor with Sunset right. Tattoo. Right. And, yeah, a big loss with the IDL. We've talked about that a few times oh, yeah. in the recent episodes. Because Tom and Doug Burgess with DD Concerts have brought in. You never thought you'd see Saxon in a place that size. Hell no. Hell no. 
never thought I'd see Last in Line at all. Well, I did see yeah. him at Rocklahoma, but in a club. Yeah, exactly. Never thought I'd see Junkyard in my life. And we saw him at the IDL. Yeah. Never, you know. And then just getting to see LA Guns a few times, and like you said, sat down with Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis, and it'd be amazing. Yeah. See Kicks in that venue. Oh, man. Seeing Winger in that venue. That was awesome. Warrant. Much right. love to that, so. The Shrine, you know, is still booking some awesome stuff in the Vanguard as well, so hopefully that continues. Yeah. But yeah, outside of that, I've got other stuff written down, but we'll just be keep rambling. Right, right. You know, if we don't, but so. Right. Well, I'm all I can say is, you know, uh, for, you know, this is just how it's got to be right now. Who knows what's going to happen, where I'm going to go. Uh, I just feel like, you know, something different. And we went over all that. But, you know, I, I got to thank, appreciate all the sponsors. Um, and I appreciate everybody, you know, the, the, the Freemans and the Jody Bests and all that that, that that hooked us up, hooked you up with all this stuff. Um, you know, because without that kind of stuff, we couldn't have done any of it. Yeah. So I definitely want to give shout outs to all, all of those people. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, there you go. <laughs> My anyways. Yeah. So, and I think, and I think another thing that I need to talk about is one of, one of the most important things is this podcast led us to meet a lot of people in our lives that we probably wouldn't have encountered. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's the whole, the whole Rocklahoma thing. We wouldn't know, you know, we wouldn't know Kevin Graham, and he's a, a pretty close friend to both of us. Uh, the, you know, Jason Carroll, the Carrolls. Um, and, you know, for me, uh, without the podcast leading us to local music, leading us to Rocklahoma and all the Rocklahoma groups, I would never have met my girlfriend, Melissa, right. who is, you know, like the fucking most important thing ever. And, uh, you know, I can't be without. And so, I mean, that's, that, that definitely, um, it goes without saying that couldn't have done any of that without this. I, I hope that you understand that I'm doing this and why I'm doing this. And I thank you. And so that's, uh, you know, I'm not good at this shit. So there you go. <laughs> but no, like you said, if in six months from now, you're like, oh man, I should, I'd like to go back. Right, right. You've probably been talking to me every day through that six months yeah, at some yeah, point. So. so all you got to do is mention that because, <laughs> you know, unless I get like, you're like the Vince Neal here and I get a Karabi in here and it's like, everybody's like, oh, that dude's fucking great. Right. But then I'm like, no, we got to get him out of here because the people want the original voice, yeah. Jason Wood, back in here. I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably <laughs> not going to happen, but hey, thank you. Thanks for the sentiment. I do appreciate that. <laughs> now that my plan here is to do this a little bit longer and then, mm-hmm. then I'm going to find someone to just fill in. And still call it Thunder Underground. And it's going to be like Foreigner. Right, I'll just right. show up every once in a while. Like, I'm the Mick. Yeah. I'm the Mick. I, I can't ever, It's such a common name. I can't even remember what that guy's name. Mick Jones, Mick Taylor, Mick, Mick Jones is from. That's from The from, Clash. From yeah. The Clash, yeah. The, whatever. The so dude I think it's from, Mick. Yeah. Dude from Foreigner. The guitarist from Foreigner. Yeah. It's like, the only original guy left. And he yeah. even left for a while. And he just showed back up every once in a while for yeah. live shows. He just owns the name and runs the shit. Yeah. Now. So maybe that's what I'll do. Okay. There you go. I think you should, I think you should do that. <laughs> right. You know, get 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 a bald guy with a beard. 
to like take your place, and then yeah. you just like run everything from behind, like the Wizard of Oz or something. Yeah. Or I'll just get on YouTube and do a con- find someone that has a voice really close to mine, and he can be from the Philippines, and it can be like Arnell. Exactly. And then just he can fill in, and no one will know because I won't see him. That's right. I, I think you're on to something. Okay, that's what I we're going to do. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for six six plus years. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Having a good time talking about rock and roll. That's right. That's right. As Lemmy said, we're a rock and roll band. We're a rock and roll podcast. There you go. Jason Wood of Thunder Underground. A huge thank you to Jason Wood of Thunder Underground for joining us. Okay. Sorry. Just had to say it like that because that's how I usually say that after we leave an episode there. But I didn't need to contact a publicist to get Jason on his own podcast. Now, did I? None of that. Don't need to thank him because he's always been here, right? But I do need to thank him for 328 episodes before we got to this point. And I do need to thank him, you know, as corny as it sounds, for just being a great friend for basically a lifetime, you know, because we've been friends since we were, like I said, first grade, I think. We talked about it there, but, you know, this was an idea that he threw around that, you know, we both had a little hand in the beginning of it and we took off. I mean, took off with his idea and decided to start doing this. And here we are. And neither one of us had a clue about how to do a podcast when it started. I mean, here we are all this time later and neither one of us really still do have a clue. (laughs) But I say we at least did something because you heard those, what, five guests we had on with the clips before talking about what they thought about Jason And all those guys, except for Justin, are guys that we basically got to know once we started this podcast, even if we knew who they were before the podcast started. So, you know, just to be able to, you know, form relationships like that, get to know people, get the opportunities we've got, the shows we've got to go to, the people we've got to meet and talk to. We've said it a million times, you know, I mean, we're both just fanboys of of rock and roll. So... Whenever we got to talk to Joey Allen of Warren on episode 21, we were like two kids like on Christmas Warren, you know, we were super nervous, but just like our 13 year old selves would have been flipping out that we were hanging out backstage with the guitarist of Warren, having a beer and talking about dog eat dog, you know, but that's what happened, you know, and then getting to do the same thing with Gene Simmons you know, a huge one was Reed Mullen of COC getting to sit down and talk to him. Shooter Jennings, you know, the guys from Megadeth that I mentioned earlier, the guys from Hatebreed that I mentioned earlier. Frank Cannon from Tesla multiple times. Mark Kendall a couple times. Reb Beach. Robin McCauley. Biff Byford, I know Jason mentioned that in here, is a, one of his favorite bands. So getting to talk to him, of course, was huge. All the times we've got to talk to Damon Johnson was huge. Getting to know the guys from Sons of Texas, Doc Coyle of Bad Wolves and God Forbid, Johannes from Avatar, the guys from Dirty Honey, James Lomenzo, like I mentioned earlier, Brian Titchy, Kenny Hickey. I mean, getting Alan Robert of Life of Agony on here multiple times. I mean, I could I could name all these off, but you're probably bored with hearing me say that, but... There's your names for if you haven't checked out a lot of previous episodes, check them out. But I assume if you're listening to this full episode, you probably listened to a few others. So 
We appreciate you. I know Jason does. I definitely do. Hit us up at thethunderunderground.com. All the socials there. Like, follow, subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this right now, subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, next week, Doug Burgess of DEB Concerts will be here. It's going to be our preview to Rocklahoma episode. And then, we recently recorded an episode with Tony Cavino of N-Theory. He's returning to the podcast. Great band. They've got some great music out. Mike Mostert is also in N-Theory. He's been on here a couple times. There's a good chance I might record an interview with him soon as well and put both those interviews on the same episode. So, We've also got one coming very soon with someone that Jason and I have wanted to get on here since we started this podcast. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I've also got one scheduled with another big name artist that has been on this podcast before. And the only hint is I'll give you is that they're playing Rocklahoma. And it's on the main stage. Once again, massive thank yous to our sponsors, DEB Concerts, Hell Hot Hot Sauce, Sunset Tattoo, Med Farm. A huge thank you to Armand of Night Demon, Sprout of the Green Country I-8, Adam Jode of Scattered Hamlet, Steve Ray of Pitbulls on Crack, and JP of Egotastic Fun Time for their contributions here today. And above all that, a huge thank you to Jason for almost six and a half years of great podcast talk. So I guess with all that being said, we'll see you next time. Who needs Jason anyway? Thunder Underground, y'all.